All right, you ready? All right. I heard two peanuts walked into a park. One was assaulted. Oh! <laughs> good one. Good one. Good one. A boiled egg in the morning is really hard to beat. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. I like that one. I'm reading a book on anti-gravity, and it's impossible to put down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, that one's awesome. It's not that the guy didn't know how to juggle. He just didn't have the balls to do it. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I know sign language. It's become quite handy. <laughs> That's silly. That's really silly. I forgot how to throw a boomerang, but it came back to me. Yeah. When a clock is hungry, it goes back four seconds. Oh, uh, yeah. get it? Yeah. It goes back four seconds. four seconds. Yeah. I once heard a joke about amnesia, but I forget how it goes. <laughs> Good one. When the power went out at the school, the children were delighted. fish were shy. They were obviously coy. Oh, that's cute. That was cute. That was cute. Those two men drinking battery acid will soon be charged. Ooh, that's ugh, dark. That's kind of dark. What is the pirate's favorite letter? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> nah, tis the sea. <laughs> oh, because the sea, because the water, the ocean. That's the best one so far. <laughs> yes, awesome. The midget psychic escaped prison. He was a small medium at large. <laughs> I'm inclined to be laid back. That's true. I actually feel like that's, that's true. That's it? That's the whole joke? That's, that's, that's the whole joke. He's reclining? Inclined. Meh. Newspaper headline reads, Cartoonist found dead at home. Details are sketchy. <laughs> yes. That's cute. Oh, man, I love this book. The magician got frustrated and pulled his hair out. Oh, okay. Mm. Like a rabbit. Yeah, lame. The frustrated cannibal threw up his hands. Oh! oh right. I get it! Because he ate his hands! That's so and then gross. he threw them up! That's so gross! A criminal's best asset is his liability. Oh, brother. Wow, no. Boo. I didn't have the faintest idea as to why I passed out. <laughs> uh, I heard about the guy who got hit in the head with a can of soda. He's lucky it was a soft drink. <laughs> Silly. Yeah. There was once a cross-eyed teacher who had issues controlling his pupils. Oh, oh that's, that's mean. Yeah. Diarrhea is hereditary. It runs in your genes. Oh, oh that's so gross. But awesome. All right, that's enough. I'm putting this away. Till next time, puns. Hello, and welcome to the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. It is episode 19, and I am joined by the James Sunderland to my pyramid head, John. Now, John, we are 10 days from Halloween, 
but more importantly, 19 days from God of War Ragnarok. And I, I don't know if you saw the internet today, a bunch of previews are out there. Get hyped. Oh, dude, I can... I, <laughs> you know, I've been trying to stay away from it. I don't need to be sold on this game, but <laughs> I would be lying if I said my heart wasn't just soaring when I saw all of the headlines saying, well, it's God of War 2018, but everything's better. And, oh my God, <laughs> we were crying within the first 10 minutes. So um, all signs point to uh, another incredible outing from Sony Santa Monica. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Probably, probably the most hyped I've been for a game... I don't know, man, in a long, long, long time. Yeah, it looks like a bunch of outlets have the game really, really early, and we're able to talk about the first five hours, so those previews went live today, uh, Friday, as whatever day you're listening to this, it is live out there, so if you're interested, you can find them. Um, exciting. The review embargo is November 2nd, and... Predictions. I think it's the third. I think it's the third. I November third. Th- I think it's the. Th- I think so. Okay. We can, Maybe be, we can be corrected on that, but I, I believe it's. Yeah, I believe it's third. Anyways, we'll definitely talk about the reviews when they come out. So, but uh, what, what do you predict, John? What is what's what's it going to be? Um, I am predicting a ninety-two. Uh, I think just based on the you know we live in the age where everybody does. Uh, review scores in increments of 0.5 so you don't get a lot of like you know 87s or 91s anymore so I think you're going to see a good amount of 10s and probably not as much as 2018s but a a decent amount a lot Mm -hmm. of nine and a and a decent amount of nines but I don't see a lot of people probably giving it under a nine you'll you'll probably get a smattering um, but I think most of the reviews are going to be at nine plus so I I think it's going to land in that low 90s area sure sure yeah I'm, I'm with you. I think the 90 is probably pretty accurate, which, again, would be fantastic. Um, yeah, especially since I got that in my fantasy league. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. 65. Yeah, okay. Okay, but you wouldn't wish that. You know you wouldn't no, wish that. No, no. Well, it, depend, it depends where I'm at in our fantasy league. For context, there, there's a fantasy league we're in where it, it's based on review scores of games. Anywhere above a 70 is positive points, and everything above a 90 is worth double points. So John has it in the fantasy league, and since I had Elden Ring, I'm smoking him right now. But yeah. if it got a war, if anything can get him close, it's God of War. Nick, if you're not willing to lose this season for God of War to succeed, fuck you, all right? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fine, fine. A whole, it gets a perfect score everywhere. It's 100. <laughs> world's first 100 Metacritic score. <laughs> and I also wanted to do a quick Platinum Watch. John, Whoa. we'll give you your time to shine. John, did you win a Platinum recently? Do you guys hear that? Do you hear it? That's no. me patting What's... my back. That's me oh. patting myself on the back. Hey, Nick, I put in the work, man. I got the, the Cuphead Platinum. And that's right, folks. You heard me right. Cuphead. All right? This is, uh, you know, I don't think I need to say much more about that it. That game's easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell that to my five-year-old. Uh, or really anybody. But, yeah, I, uh, I put the work in. I had to beat the game and then beat it again on expert mode. Had to do all these crazy, um, you know, specific challenges like the run-and-gun levels, not killing a single person. And it was probably the highest skill uh, 
like skill level platinum that I've gotten. You know, I, I had a, I have rarer ones. I have ones that have taken me more time. But just in terms of like you know getting that white knuckle blister con the fingers kind of stuff, man, uh, it, it was a tough one. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I think they did a very good job with the platinum list. It was fair, but but um, but tough. But you know, it, it, it did all the right things. So uh, that was number thirty six for me, and probably my most proud one to date. I would say. I, I don't know. I'd have to okay. kind of go back and think about it. But it was a uh, I was very pleased to get that one. Very happy to pop it. Yeah, congratulations. That is, yeah, you Thank earned you. that one. Thank um, you. And then on my end, I also platinum The Last of Us Part One. Not nowhere near as challenging as Cuphead, but still, still nice to have a satisfying Naughty Dog platinum finally. I've not been able Emotionally to platinum. challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've not been able to platinum a single one of their games, so. Uh, that will be well. No, man. That's because they are like the one team of Sony that had just dog shit trophy list before this yeah, one. Where yeah. it's like, hey, yeah, yeah, beat this on the hardest difficulty. Where if you, a bullet gets within five meters of you, it destroys you. <laughs> so nobody wants to do that shit. Craziness. Yeah. Especially, especially with how bad their shooting is, you know. Or right. It was I guess. Right. So, uh, so that is platinum twenty four for me, and uh, I know this wasn't part of uh, the agenda here, but do you have any thoughts on the this Gotham Knights? Uh, <laughs> debacle <laughs> no I mean it's you know uh, I'm not shocked I you know it seems like everything that my gut was telling me from kind of the first moment I saw mm -hmm. it is just some, something seemed off the combat didn't seem quite right and it felt a little dated and that kind of seems to be what the general consensus is it's yep. it dro drops consistently below 30 frames which is just simply unacceptable now like that is going to if your game is not a consistent 30 at the bare minimum you're going to be lucky to sniff sevens and i think it's what sitting at a 70 right now mm -hmm. on open critic so i think it's lucky to be there gamestop gave it or gamespot gave it a uh, 4 ign gave it a 5 mm -hmm. so you know, I, I believe I even said last week that it, I'm smelling another Avengers type situation, and uh, you know, it, it's it seems seems like it's just not good enough. And mm -hmm. you know, I feel for I feel for the team. You know, this team hasn't put out a game in nine years, and you know, to kind of finally get your thing out and it for it to be lackluster has got to hurt. So, you know, hopefully it's something that they can support, but. You know, besides the frame rate issues, it just seems it's it's repetitive. It's not a, a thing that they can fix right. with patches. There's just stuff kind of wrong with the game. So um, yeah, it's a bummer. I, I know you know you hold the Arkham series so near and dear to your heart. So you know you might have a couple other thoughts on it, but <laughs> no. I'll, I'll be I'll be staying away from this game for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think that is the plan. Is uh, let's give it time to get patched and better, and then when it's in its best form, it'll be on PlayStation Plus Extra. And then maybe yeah, I'll check probably. it out then. So, uh, does yeah. it is it is there Game Pass plans for that game? I, uh, I don't think there are. I don't think there are. But no, I, I, I haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, just interesting. But okay, let's let's move into the format now. Uh, this is how it works. We each bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod, whatever we feel like talking that week, uh, we will bring it and talk about it. And uh, I will be kicking things off with the big Sony news of the week, and that is about the DualSense Edge. We got all the details, and here they are. Pre-orders start October 25th. Launches January 26th. The price is $199, which we accurately predicted here. Ooh. So 
So uh, we're a little bit of a Nostradamuses over here, but I think that was obvious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of, it was only a couple, you know, possible choices, but yeah. Yep. And, I mean, I, I think, yeah. and then you get all this inside. You get the controller itself, the USB braided cable, two standard caps, two high dome caps, two low dome caps, two half dome back buttons, two lever back buttons, <laughs> a connector housing, and a carrying case. It all looks very slick. There are tons of pictures of it on the PlayStation blog. It does look like a very cool premium item. Uh, John, now that we have all the details, is there any chance you're going to be getting this thing? I would say there's a chance because I have no self-control and don't, <laughs> know, you know, don't use my brain quite a bit. But no, this is very much a uh, my heart is saying yes, but my brain is saying no kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's very slick. I think it looks nice. You know, it doesn't look too different from the standard DualSense we all know, but, you know, some sharper edges here and there. Um, but I just, I think the more I play video games and a little bit older that I've gotten, I just, I, I think I can wrap my head around how awesome a back button would be. Mm-hmm. I've never really had a controller that does that, so it's just, you know, a blind spot for me. But after playing, you know, Cuphead, uh, where you're doing a lot of dashing and kind of needing button inputs to be very quick and, and know where they are immediately um, or you know this, the one that people always talk about is like sh- you know first person shooters where you can then jump and keep your thumb on the stick or even something like Elden Ring where you want to maybe allocate the dash button to the back I, I, mm-hmm. I just I think it would be you know very nice to have that uh, I think the case is super slick I think it just it's a good looking piece of tech it's just to spend 40% of the price of the console for one is <laughs> is is tough. So, you know, this will probably be a thing that I keep my eye on the price. If I see it on sale for 149 and I have something I can trade in, you know, that maybe knocks some off of that, then I might treat myself. But because I, I, I actually am in the market for another DualSense right now, I just started to get a little bit of drift on one of mine. But um, not going to be for a bit. Not going to be for a bit. Yeah, it's definitely a premium item, and maybe if yeah, if I if I wanted a, a competitive advantage, if I was playing more competitive games, you know, mm-hmm. I might I might want it just for that. But it's just the the DualSense is, by itself is such a great controller that I don't so I don't see the need for so this good. premium product. But it is cool. It comes with a lot of stuff, and uh, yeah, if you're looking to up your controller game, and you can afford it. Uh, this is a very nice product. So, definitely, I, I do. I, I wish Sony would still do the uh, controller lab thing or the what mm-hmm. design lab that Xbox does. That that's still my my crown jewel of things I want Sony to do with the controller, just so I can you know customize it. Even even if I have to pay ten dollars more than the standard right. price, but that's uh, that would still be on my number one on my wish list for controller things. Yeah, all oh, they they've been playing around with controllers. We I got that God of War controller, so. Yep. Uh, maybe we'll end that camo one that they just recently <laughs> announced. Yeah, no, both the controllers not my thing, but uh, they're definitely playing around with it. So it's just a matter of time before, you know, at least we at least if they don't have design lab, we'll at least get a controller that we want. So yeah, not, not you know obviously we never want to make this podcast political, but I would be very interested to see like a political map and then the sales map of the camo controller. I think that would be very interesting. Not saying anything one way or another. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious if that will sell at all. You know, I don't know how many people would be into it, but but it's it's a thing. All right. Well, that's it. I guess if someone we know gets their hands on it, we maybe will do impressions if they if they can bring it in. It'd be a fun thing to play with. Sure. 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 So. 
All right. right. Well, then, uh, so then the other big news, you know, not not specifically Sony related, but you know, something that has been percolating on the internet for. God, Nick, I don't know, two to three years, you know, is uh, rumors of some new Silent Hill games. And would you believe it, Nick? We didn't get one. We didn't get two. We didn't get three. We got four new games coming from Silent Hill, the Silent Hill franchise. Um, I guess in one of those might not be a technically a new game. But on right. Wednesday, the, you know, they did do this thing called the Silent Hill Transmission where they went over some of the you know, future plans for the Silent Hill series. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to outline some of that because there is quite a bit. As I said, um, you know, they, they let the floodgates open, man. So uh, the, the show started um, with the reveal of the one that everybody's been wanting, and that is the rumored remake of Silent Hill 2, by far the most beloved game in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is being made uh, from the ground up. It's a from the ground up remake of uh, the 2001 Silent Hill 2 by Bloober Team, um, which, you know, we can talk about that here in a little bit, because I think that is a little bit of a contentious thing about this project. But, you know, they showed like a two, two and a half minute trailer, um, you know, obviously showing off the city of Silent Hill, um, all fog and, and all that good stuff in there, too. But, um, you know, it looks really pretty. Um, but, you know, we didn't really get a lot of gameplay or anything like that. And that's going to be where I think that this property is going to succeed or fail. Um, you know, the main draw of Silent Hill 2 is its story. In fact, GamesRadar.com ranked it as the number one video game story of all time. Wow. Which, yeah, which I think is maybe a stretching it a little bit. But it's just one of those, like... You know, it, there's, this is a metaphor for that. This is an allegory for that. And so there's a lot of ways to dissect it. But Bloober Team is not known for, uh, I think, their gameplay. They've done some very middling projects like, you know, this, the Blair Witch game that came out, you know, or the uh, Layers of Fear series. Um, but, you know, they also have some things that really scare me, man. Like they made base, ba- the infamous basement crawl game for PlayStation 4, which had a 28 Metacritic score. So it's just interesting to see this you know, highly regarded game get handed to Bloober Team after people have been waiting years and years and years for it to, to make it. But, you know, it's also one of those things that all the groundwork has been done. They just have to, you know, make it look pretty. So, um, you know, we might get something something truly awesome. Um, but no date on that. And one final piece on that game is that it does have the original composer and the original monster designer, which uh, the Silent Hill fans uh, seem to be very, very excited about. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, keep the roots there. Um, but then uh, we got the uh, announcement for the next game, which is Silent Hill Townfall. Uh, and this is from indie developer No Code, uh, who are the makers of Stories Untold and Observation. Um, and it's also being published by Annapurna, which uh, is a very good sign, honestly, because I think usually when they attach their name to projects, it's going to be something unique and something cool. Um, but then again, this was kind of a, not a lot of information. We got a CG trailer with a, a radio or a, a something kind of having this creepy, spooky voiceover. Um, so I think this is going to be kind of a just a narrative-focused game. I would not expect a ton of combat here. I would not expect, uh, you know, I would expect a walking sim kind of thing. If, you, if you're familiar with observation, you know, you're basically kind of going through a space station just exploring it. So I think it's going to be something very similar. Um, Again, no date on that also. And then after that, we got a teaser for Silent Hill F, 
which is, again, I, you know, there's going to be some repetitive things here, Nick. Not a lot to go off of. Um, but Our favorite team, kind of announcements. Right, right, right. This, this, whole, this whole thing was chock full of that. Um, but this is, uh, they showed a two-minute trailer of a rural Japan setting. Apparently it takes place in the 1960s uh, with a character kind of running through the forest, and it seemed like the forest was alive and chasing it, right? And, you know, plants seem to almost have a, a evil entity towards them, but... Uh, it did end kind of cool, you know, with this character being kind of surrounded or covered up with these flowers, almost in a parasitic kind of way, and then her face slides off, I guess you could say. Um, so, but again, I think this is going to be very narrative-focused. It's, it's being written by, um, I guess this is an acclaimed person. I have never heard of them, but uh, the Internet seems to be pretty excited. Uh, Ryukishi07. Um, is is writing it, and I guess he did some some Japanese visual novel stuff uh, back in the day, a specific series called When They Cry, uh, which had a PS2 release, but that was a very, very narrative-focused game. So again, I would expect that there. And then lastly, and probably the weirdest announcement of the four, was Silent Hill Ascension, uh, which is being touted as a mile game. M, capital M, capital I, capital L, capital E. Nick, do you have any idea what that stands for? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> it stands for a massively interactive live event. And when they showed this trailer, they basically just kind of had a bunch of chat bubbles start popping up with people talking to each other, uh, saying, what should they do? Is it going after such and such? And then, you know, what do we want to do? Should we run? So it's, it's like this interactive thing, I think similar to the Twitch Let's Play series, where like Twitch would kind of command somebody to play Pokemon or it, whatever. But it's a, a community-based interactive thing, which I'm gonna, I, I think it's a cool idea, but... If I know anything about people, you know, all it takes is one person to ruin a group experience. So, you know, hopefully Konami has some things in place to make sure that, you know, it stays on, t on track, whatever this thing is. So I'm going to stop talking now because my voice already hurts after all that. <laughs> uh, you know, but I got to say, I was uh, a little, at, the more I digested the, the event, and we're back. Uh, wow. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. <laughs> this podcast has been cursed ever since it's turn 18. It just won't stop. Like, I, I think we just got to kick the podcast out of the house. It's got yes, to do its own thing. <laughs> yeah, they're officially an adult. I can, I can legally hit them, right? <laughs> well, uh, you got to hit them with a bag of oranges so you don't leave right. any bruises. Done. Uh, uh, all right. But uh, Silent Hill, uh, um, none, of these, none of these announcements excite me. I don't know what your history is with the franchise, but I have not liked it ever. Not even yeah. once. Never interested in me. And outside of Silent Hill 2, the franchise itself is not reviewed very well. So I don't right. think any of these announcements excited me. And even if, even if for whatever reason, even with all the, if Blooper Team can pull off a Silent Hill 2 remake, I'm probably, I'm probably still out. So, I'm not the, yeah. the right guy to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get, I also haven't really played this series. I, I watched an entire playthrough of Silent Hill 2 just because I was so curious about the story, and I thought it was good, but it, it honestly didn't blow me away. Um, but I just think that they're taking the wrong direction with this revitalization of the series. You know, I think it's a good thing to remake the most famous game in the franchise by far, which is Silent Hill 2. I think that's a good first step. But I think as opposed to announcing these three, you know, because let's be honest, those 
F, uh, Townfall, and Ascension, none of those are going to be AAA games, I think. Mm-hmm. I think they're all going to be these weird, um, low-cost, low-effort type projects that could be good, but they're not going to revitalize the series. So I, I really think they probably should have you know, had a reboot of the series entirely or something like that to just try and bring it to the forefront again. Because mm-hmm. even, if, even if Remake 2 is good, how does the franchise move forward at all? It just it doesn't seem like it does. So, and maybe that is the plan. They want to see Ken Bluber team pull this off, where maybe we could give them a full-on next game mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case. But um, I, I think it missed the mark a little bit. I, uh, I'm excited to see two, but the other three I think can go away. And um, you know, but it, it is one of those. It's one of those ones that have just been circling around the internet forever of people wanting Silent Hill back, especially after PT left such a, you know, gave everyone blue balls with that, you know, that demo. <laughs> um, you know, because, uh, you know, people who don't know, that was supposed to be Silent Hills uh, with Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro, which sounds like a dream project. So, um, I think there's still just a residual effect of that for how people, how much people want this, but I... Unfortunately, I have to say I would not be shocked if these come out, they are lackluster, and then we forget about this series again. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about it being exclusive to PlayStation, the Silent Hill 2 remake? <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting timing. <laughs> I think, you know, we're at a fever pitch when it comes to this whole uh, at Microsoft, Activision, Sony battle that's going on. You know, they they're seem to be throwing shots at each other left and right, and so... <laughs> When, when everybody's talking about how you know Sony does the same shit about trying to make things exclusive for them to come out with this long-awaited remake and then saying it's going to be on PlayStation 5 only, it's, uh, it's interesting. But if I'm being honest, man, I think my, this is just my stance on this whole mergers and acquisition thing. You know, Microsoft would do the same exact shit if they were in that place. And I think Sony would... like. These companies don't operate in a vacuum. They know what the other one's doing. They have strategies in place. So mm-hmm. Sony's strategy is just to make sure that people come there for the games. If you're a value person, if you don't really need to play very specific games, you just are a casual gamer, Xbox is the place. But if you are somebody who wants the you know uh, a unique experience, then I think PlayStation is where you need to play. So is it good? No, I don't think exclusivity is ever a good thing. I think that most people should be able to play, you know, anything that they want. If it's not a first-party team, I think first-party teams make a ton, you know sense that their games would be on the respective platform. So I don't think third-party exclusivity is good ever. But at this point, it's not surprising. This is what they do, and uh, you know, I guess that's why I just own all the consoles, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Ooh, fancy boy over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I haven't turned my Xbox on in a year, so. Uh, To wrap this up, though, at least Konami is finally doing stuff with its properties because, uh, you know, Silent Hill might not be our thing, but Konami's been kind of silent on the game front for a while here, and then they got the Soikoden remakes and now this. Uh, You know, hopefully it's just a matter of time before something happens with Metal Gear or Castlevania. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I would love to see a, a new Castlevania game in the style of Symphony of the Night, but much like Metroid Dread, where it, it's, you know, it's it's uh, respectful of the roots and everything, but brings it currently makes it look nice, like a, a sweet, well done 2D Castlevania Metroidvania game would be fucking dope. 
I just hope they, you know, but they don't like, to, if they do a Castlevania game, it's not like, oh, now it's open world. It's like, no, well, that's not what we want. So, But yeah, it's it's nice to see them moving again, man. It's, they they were such a force back in the day. So Yeah, yeah. we They do make video games, seems to be them, yeah. what they're declaring right now. So, yeah. I guess uh, I guess the recession is, is hitting the pachinko machines a, a little hard, too. So. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on, not to be outdone by its horror rival, Resident Evil had also a showcase this week. Um, they, and, it they, out, and it outdid it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it did. And how did it do it? Well, the first thing is they released a Resident Evil Village Gold Edition gameplay demo uh, in which you can test out that third-person um, camera angle that uh, they added to the game. And, John, you, you played this? I did. I, I booted up last night, dude. It looks so good. I was shocked how good that mansion still looks and you know just I, this isn't a flex nick this is facts all right this is mm-hmm. i i booted it up on my my you know c1 tv and i didn't play village on that tv so i don't know if it's part of that but it looks great and i really kind of want to play it again in third person <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah if if you did that would you are you would you would you do the expansion are you yeah i think so i mean you know, unless if, if they were able to release like a $10 version of just the third person mode, I'd probably get that because I honestly don't care. I don't give a fuck about Ethan Winter's daughter's story. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I would get the DLC. Yeah. So I, I might look and you know, see if Village is a nice steep discount on Black Friday and check that out because um, like we said last week, I think this is also just kind of a test for Capcom to, you know, do the whole both two perspective angle when nine mm-hmm. comes out. So Sure. And, and that being said, all the Resident Evil games are on sale right now. Uh, the PlayStation Store has discounts on every Resident Evil game that ever came out. So you can get Resident Evil, the remake of the first game, for 5 bucks, and that's an amazing game. Oh, well. So um, just letting everyone know that. So they did that. They had another uh, trailer for the Winter's expansion, but again... We've talked about that before. Uh, we have little to no interest in that, but maybe maybe John will play it. Um, yeah. But the big thing was the Resident Evil 4 trailers, plural. We got two trailers. We got a story trailer, and we got a gameplay trailer. And John, I think you'd agree, it looks really, really good. Yeah, man. Uh I'll let you take it. I won't say because I've already talked too much this podcast, but it uh, looks exactly what you would hope it would look like. Yep, yep, yep. The, the story trailer kind of covers all the story beats that we're uh, used to. You know, the what are you buying guys back. Leon's back. Luis, Ashley, Ada, Ramon Salazar, the little Napoleon dude is back. Uh, <laughs> it looks great. The characters look great. All the upgraded visuals look all the characters and monsters that you're used to look just oof, man there's a lot here and then there's also some new scenes there's a scene where ashley is looks to be infected and that is a storyline that was not in the original game so uh there'll be on top of all the cool gameplay and visual improvements uh, looks like we'll be getting some new story stuff too which which will be nice um I don't know if Luis will refer to Ashley's breast as ballistic missiles, but one can only hope. Uh, fucking better. A call back to our very first podcast, the very first clip yeah. we played. Um, yeah. And then the gameplay trailer kind of showed off that first, you know, 
20 minutes of the game. And if you're unfamiliar with it, it's kind of your introduction to what were they called? What are the what was the villagers called? Oh, uh, I'm not gonna. I should know it, but I don't. Gyarados or something. <laughs> It's, it's the, no, it's not the the Gyarados. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, People are just yelling at their at yep. their uh, whatever they're listening to on. But uh, yeah, it goes through the first hour of the game in which you go into the village for the first time and you get attacked and you're barring doors, you're you're jumping out of windows and and of course a guy with a bag on his head and a chainsaw is chasing after you. It looks great. It looks. There's a, there's a scene where Leon shoots a, uh, a lantern out of the ceiling. It lands on a cow, and the cow's on fire running into the enemies. Like, it's just, it's just absurd. Yep. <laughs> um, there's some good one-liners in there, too. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, again, it looks like, you know, Resident Evil 4 is the game, as we talked about last week in our Resident Evil discussion, that... Uh, mm-hmm. That they're putting all their attention to this game, and 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 you had mentioned John about the uh, you like the the suitcase Tetris game. Oh, I love it. It's coming mm-hmm. back, baby. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. It's such a weird, soothing thing to do. <laughs> so, so it looks like uh, like everything looks great about it. I don't think you have any fears about this game, and it's it's moving up to be probably one of the big, big, big releases of next year. You know, it's a crowded next year, but I think if you're looking for what the top games are going to be, that game of the year discussion, I, this this could definitely be there. Yeah, it's um. Well, first off, the enemies are the Ganado, uh, and the oh, that's uh, close I, enough. Gyarados. Yeah, you said yeah, well, you, well, you got the sure you got the first letter right. Well done, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the like bug things that come out of their necks are the Plaga. Yeah, um, that's right. But yeah, man, I I don't think it's. Uh, too much to, to overstate how important this game was to the industry as a whole. I mentioned when we talked about Resident Evil that mm-hmm. it pretty much solidified the third-person shooting angle that we all are familiar with today and, and set a lot of, much how like Mario 64 kind of set a lot of groundwork for how a 3D game should be. Uh, I think this really ushered in third-person shooters. Um, yep. So I, I agree it's going to be massive next year. It looks great. The RE engine is fantastic. And I'm just excited to be able to shoot and move at the same time in this yes. game. Because, like, that was that—that's the reason that I've never been able to replay it is because I've—I'm too now—I am now too far removed from that mechanic where every time I go back, I'm like, oh god, I have to. Yeah, it's—it just feels gross to have to stop and shoot. So, um, yeah, man, I survival horror is back in a big way. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, when we do our 2023 preview of our games, we're excited for. I bet this game will be mentioned, so. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. All right. Well, yeah, Resident Evil. That's something to get excited for next year, so. All right. Sick. All right. So let's talk about some games, Nick. Sure. So, first and foremost, this game I'm about to talk about, it is not on PlayStation (laughs) platforms. So I know that that's, you know, a little counter-addictive to what we do here. Why Uh, not, by the way? (laughs) I don't don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um... 
It's not on Xbox either. I think it's only on Switch on console, and it might be on Switch because it's a touchscreen. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, let me get into what the game is. So the game <laughs> is Into the Breach, and this is the sequel from Subset Games. Well, not the sequel, I'm sorry. This is the second game from Subset Games after their uh, smash hit FTL, which blew up on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have a little bit of a history with this game. Uh, I was kind of aware of it when it came out. I am always have my pulse on the open critic scores and things like that, so if a game comes out and it reviews really well and I'm not sure what it is, obviously I'm going to kind of note it in my brain. Uh, and this, like I said, this game came out in 2018 and it had an 88 on open critic, which is very, very good. So I uh, immediately looked at it, saw a screenshot and said, nope, that's not for me. Because this is an 8x8 grid-based strategy game. Uh, and I don't typically like strategy games. I, they hurt my brain. I get extreme, like, oh, I fucked that up. I could have done this better. And so I end up just, you know, shutting down and turning it off. But I found new life with this game because it is available on your mobile phones. And that's why I wanted to bring it today. Because even though it's not on PlayStation, uh, as Blizzard famously has said, don't you have phones? <laughs> so if you have a phone, um, you can play this game. And specifically, if you have a Netflix account, it's free. So that's how I played it. It's, it's free. You literally go into the App Store or the Android Store, whatever they call it over there. I don't even know what it's mm-hmm. called. And type in Netflix into the breach and you're going to find it. But which, after... Which is, I just want to point out, like, which is kind of like a hidden thing. Like the, People know that like, you can play Spirit Fair on your phone with a yeah. Netflix account. You know, and that was one of my favorite games I played this year. Like, I don't think a lot of people know about Netflix games. <laughs> they, they don't, man. I agree. I mean, I uh, after I saw that this was through Netflix, I just simply typed in Netflix into my app store, and I was like, oh, Spearfair. Oh, Shatter, which is like a really, uh, you know, cool brick out or uh, breakout game from the PS3 era. There's there's a decent amount of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, Moon, Moonlighter's another one, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but I but I digress. So you know this this I had it on my phone, so I was able to sink a little bit more time into it because I didn't feel like oh I have to pull up my switch and dedicate my actual gaming time to it. And I'm very 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 happy I did um, because this game you know and actually I wanted to read this from Digital Trends. Will Fulton wrote when he reviewed it. Subset Games has delivered one of the tightest strategy games we've ever seen. And I think that's a very, very appropriate way to kind of talk about this game. There is absolutely no fat on this game at all. Um, You know, and it does such a good job of kind of holding your hand, but also letting you experiment a little bit. So again, like I said, it's an 8x8 strategy game where you have these three-man mech teams. You know, and typically the teams are kind of structured around, you probably have one guy who's a little more close quarters focused, somebody who can shoot range, and then somebody who maybe manipulates the movement on the boards a little bit. But I cannot possibly imagine the brains on the guys over at Subset <laughs> Games, man, because the level of balance and, and things that they've done with this game to make it feel like you always have a fighting chance, how you're always on a razor's edge of winning versus defeat, it's just, it's perfect. Mm. Uh, and it's not just this one set of three mechs that you have. There are 14 different sets of mechs that have their own unique things, that do their own unique movesets, whether it's well, this mech jumps over the enemy and launches a smoke bomb underneath it so that it you know, damages the enemy, puts them in smoke, they can't attack. Or you have this guy who's literally, they can't, dam- they can't attack a person, but he shoots out a chain hook and he's able to pull the enemy towards him. And what that allows you to do is to really utilize the, um, the game board to your advantage. Because there's going to be water, there's going to be mountains, there's going to be different obstacles in the way that you can use to your advantage. For instance, if you have an enemy who is on the ground, you know, or obviously, or it's not, it's not flying, right? It's on the ground. You can pull them into the water and they will instantly die. And you can really use these things to your advantage. 
Uh, and another thing that really kind of sets this game apart that caused me to fall in love with it is its unique take on turn, the turn system, I guess, for lack of a better term. So when you start a turn, uh, the enemy moves first. The enemy shows you what they're going to do. And it's your job, after you see that, to basically uh, get out of the way, manipulate the board the way you need to so that their attacks miss, make sure that they don't hit you, uh, and things like that, where it really provides this satisfying sense of uh, being smart, I guess, to, you know, to get around a situation. Um, but it's just one of those games that, I, again, I, I don't like the strategy genre, but it really, really captured me. Um, but again, just to kind of, I, I want to explain a little bit more of the gameplay because to really get a full sense of how it works, I think you kind of need to know all the elements. And so, again, you start with your three mechs, and then you're probably going to see one or two enemies pop up on the board immediately. But then you'll also see different tiles on the 8x8 grid that have cracks on them, which indicates that the next turn, after, after this turn, an, a new enemy is going to pop up from that ground. So you can do a couple things, right? You can position your guys in front of that area to make sure that you're ready to attack that person when it's your turn. Or if you want to cover your guy on top of that cracked tile, it will block that enemy from coming up, but it will damage your guy one tick. And each of your mechs has typically two to three ticks. And you know, you can kind of see where I'm going with this, or you can, you know, utilize an attack that pushes an enemy onto that that tile. But there's just such a a, a different array of ways to tackle a situation, uh, and it's and it's a roguelike game. So you're going into these these battles. They typically take three to five minutes. It's five turns every single time. Your health resets at the end of every single. I'm sorry, your mech's health reset at the end of every single uh, battle. But you have an overarching health system that kind of dictates whether you win or lose the the round but um you know I, I i really can't speak highly of this game enough i think if you have a phone and you're interested in these games at all or take it from me man even if you're not into these kind of games there is something to be said but give it a little bit of a chance allow it to allow your brain to try and digest the the different gameplay mechanics and things that it has because like i said from the beginning when i first bought this game three years ago mind you on the switch I immediately turned it off because I was like, nope, I fucked that up. Nope, I don't know what I'm doing. Nope, I don't understand the movesets. <laughs> and then once I did, it just became an addiction. And um, I, I highly, highly recommend Into the Breach from Subset Games. Yeah, do, obviously. Do you, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah do you, I mean, is this something that, that interests you at all, Nick? Or I mean, you've never, you never played FTL either, right? No, I have played a lot of FTL. I oh, had, okay. <laughs> that game is incredible. Uh, this is this is a great studio, you know. They, I mean, they're up there with like Supergiant as far as just having that perfect library of games, even though they only have two. And yeah. and FTL is just the same way. It's like how they wrap their brain around how they created these games. I'd have no idea. It's like a master class in game design. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, I played a few. I played a few runs in uh, Into the Breach, and yeah, it's very it's very fun. It's very addictive. I should, I'm not very patient, so I usually fuck things up more than I should if I just sat there and thought about it. Oh. <laughs> I'm actually great. I'm, I'm glad you brought that back up because one of the, the cool things that I learned about this game, first off, don't be afraid to set it to easy. Fuck, you know, make it easy on yourself, guys. Don't think that you need to, like, oh, I have to prove that I have big balls to myself and play on hard. Just play it on easy, at least at first, because it's going to allow you to digest the game better. But also, another neat mechanic that this game has is it allows you to reset your turn once per 
like match, right? So five turns, right? I said every every match is five turns. So at least one time in that five, you can just completely go, nope, that is not what I should have done, and reset it. So it allows you to just like take a deep breath, sit back, and kind of experiment a little bit more. But that's you know a, a cool thing about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, it's it's a great game. It's and being on phone is great to have that always with you. Um, I wish they Super would put game. this on. <laughs> yeah. I wish they would put their games on consoles. FTL's very not as likely, but this game seems no. like it would work on consoles. Um, it, it does. I, I played. On, I played it on my docked Switch the other night, and it was fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's again. You know, Nintendo gets the weird ex- indie exclusives sometimes. So it's maybe a, it's an eventual uh, PlayStation uh, game. But yeah, no, it's 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 great. I'm glad you found a phone game because yeah. Those are hard to find. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it turned into my um, uh, my smoking game. I'll just say it. It's my smoking game. When I <laughs> when I am you know getting ready for the evening, you know I take my phone out and smoke a little, play a little, couple rounds of that, and then go you know hit this <laughs> disco Elysium or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it, it's perfect for that. But yeah, man, best uh, best strategy game award winner at the Game Awards in 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. So right. that's the Into the Breach. I everybody go download it. It's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone has Netflix account, so or well, sharing one. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick gave yeah. Nick gave me his, so I'm sure just just hit him up and he'll give you. His. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll I'll just I'll just have uh, 60 profiles on my one yeah, account. We need to we need to make sure that Nick sets the record for highest you know user or password sharing for the Netflix platform. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. I was going to bring a Plague Tale Requiem, but it has been a busy, busy week, and I really want to sit down and have the mental, uh, not be exhausted when turning this game on because I want to, it's a stealth game. It's going to be intense. I need all of my faculties to, to play it. So I will have thoughts on that next week. But in the meantime, let's talk about GameStop stories. I think everyone out there has mm. gone into a GameStop and either has witnessed or overheard or been part of a conversation. You know, anytime you're out in the public, you know, it, it can always get, it always has the, the chance to get weird. But, you know, when you're the realest gamers of all time, like me and John, uh, and you go into weird. a GameStop and you know, and you know video games like we do, you know, you're typically hearing, overhearing conversations and going, hmm. Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. having right. thoughts. What an idiot. <laughs> so, so I had to go to GameStop to pick up a Plague Tale Requiem, and just like most times I go in there, it's just always something. <laughs> uh, the first thing I wanted to say is how much I got back for trading in Saints Row. Um, as me and John have talked about, physical games, we buy them because there's just an insane value to selling them back. Uh, not even PlayStation Stars and its 4% return can pull us away because uh, I got $34 for Saints Row. <laughs> right. There it is. So that is uh, 56% of my money back on that game. So. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, man. That's yeah, bad. yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the beauty of physical. So even a game that I unfortunately didn't like, at least I didn't have to eat the full amount of the game, so that's always a great feeling. Uh, 
But uh, the first interaction I had was the guy was shocked I was selling St. Tro. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse uh, me, sir. Do you work at a video game store? Do you know what's going on with this game? Yeah, you know, this is, this is sitting at a mid-60 uh, open critic score. Uh, the problems with it have, are very publicly known across every site imaginable. So... <laughs> It was weird, mm. you know, and everyone has their thing, you know, there's probably, everyone has that one bad game that they like, but, uh, but I don't know, I wouldn't be, you know, questioning someone selling it back, that's for sure. <laughs> well, not at, not at this point either, I mean, you know, the game's been out for what, a month and a half? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. it's, it's almost two months at this point, so like, you beat the game, you got your money's worth, like, of course I'm going to join. You want me to just <laughs> run around Saints Row's open world map forever? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and I, will set the sta- I forgot to set the stage. It was just me and him in there. So that was mm-hmm. that was also it. And he was definitely in a chatty mood. Nice um, and intimate. <laughs> and uh, if, I don't know if, I, if our listeners have ever been into a GameStop, but GameStops are considered pawn shops. So they have to scan your thumbprint. You have to give them your ID. Um, what? Not, not by mine. <laughs> I thought we all did that. Really? No, I think I think it's a I think it's a um, city-based Must law be. because yeah because when I go to disc replay uh, in Roseville they they have me scan my thumbprint there but not not GameStop. Okay. So maybe that's a your miles may vary kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's there. Well, anyway, I have to give him my ID, and he reads off you know my name, and he says a mail. And I'm like, yep. And he's like, you would be surprised how many people get mad when I read off their gender and it's not their gender that they identify as. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, here's an idea. How about you don't read off their gender? Yeah, well, why is this part of the transaction at all? Why do you have to say it? <laughs> so I don't know if he was, he was fishing for someone to be like, you know, like, and I'll preface this, I hate engaging with people I don't know all the time, anytime. Like, I just I just can't do it. I want to be in and out. And so I don't know if he just wanted to start a conversation about genders and all that stuff. But I just was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Like, let's move. Let's move along. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to you? And. Uh, then I found out I was the only person to pre-order a Plague Tale Requiem at that at that GameStop location, and that someone had tried to get my copy earlier. <laughs> so that's interesting, but not surprising. I, I imagine a Plague Tale is not on most people's radar, unfortunately. Well, and you also had so much credit to just burn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I probably maybe I would have waited, but uh, yeah, but. I bet I'm going to get a lot back for this game because there's probably not a lot of physical copies out there. No, I mean, if you beat it within the first month in trade, you'll get the 33. 33 seems to be the highest amount that GameStop will <laughs> give you for a game. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything higher. Like, if you got, you know, try to just trade in, um, you know, a Nintendo game the day after, I think 33 is about as high as they go. But yeah, okay. you'll probably get that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that was th- that was pretty much it. Uh, he started talking about how uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was coming out on his birthday, and then I said, "You should take time off for that." And he said, "Well, if I take time off here, I have to work my other job." And I was like, "Well, at least try and spend a few hours playing the game." And he's like, "Well, I also have a kid at home." 
And I was like, how, like I'm just like, what is this conversation doing? You just told me you love Saints Row. Like, how did you? How did you beat right. it with all this time you don't have? Like, like I don't. I was just like, I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, dude. No, no, no. We're not about to become friends. Like, just, no. just let, let me let me get out of here. And and he was a very nice guy. It was just like he was obviously in the mood to talk about everything and anything, and I wasn't. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, it was eight o'clock on a Tuesday night. I wanted to go home, so. <laughs> but uh, do you have any uh, GameStop stories? So any I, I do. I've actually antidotes. I've actually kind of thought of a couple uh, while you were talking. Um, nothing that's like you know cringy or, or anything like that. But uh, I did have a couple ones where I felt like I just knew the GameStop employees' businesses way more than they did. Uh, there was a, a deal a while back where if you uh, traded in like five or more games, you got an extra 70% of your trade-in value. And somebody did a spreadsheet on Reddit where they're like, if you go to Best Buy, buy this game for $20, go to GameStop, you, they'll give you 45 <laughs> for it. Um, so I did that, right? I, I, I got my friend. We went and tried to, it, the game was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And we went to Best Buy, bought like 10 copies of it, unwrapped them because GameStop won't take the wrapped copies, and just traded it in. And the look that the guy gave me was hilarious. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and the whole, the whole goal was I, I actually used that money to get a PS, my first PSVR. I think I paid about $110 in video games and got $450 back in credit. So that was just, that, and that was, that was before the company went under. So like, I might have had something to do with the company, you know, having some troubles before they, you know, decided to ruin the stock market or whatever the hell they just did, you know, uh, uh -huh. a little bit ago. Um, but, and then, uh, you know, the only other thing I can think of is when I got my Xbox Series X, mm -hmm. um, you know, I found out that the, they were, for some reason, again, giving $220 for day one PS, like base PS4s. And this was, I don't know, last year. So at this point I had this thing for eight years and I was like, I can get $220 for a thing that <laughs> I feel like is going to die in a week. Like, sure, why not? So let's do it. So I took it to GameStop, uh, traded it in. Guy's like, no, these are worth $120. I'm like, no, 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 man, you got to check. He's like, oh, shit, it's $220. I was like, yeah, yeah, so give me my money. <laughs> so, I did that, so I did that. And then he was just, you know, we were just kind of bullshitting while he was doing the transaction. He's like, oh, are you looking to get anything else? He's like, you know, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I just got a PS5. He's like, oh, you don't want an Xbox? I'm like, you guys, like, this was right, mm, two Two months was it two months, Nick, or was it a year after the consoles came out? Yeah, it was like a year because it, it was okay. I just remember it was it was when I was off having my my kids. So yeah, it was a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. So the consoles were out for about a year. You still never saw these things on the shelves. They're like, yo, we got one Xbox, and I was like, well, how much is it? He's like, oh, it's like it's like eight hundred and fifty. I'm like, what? What? He's like, oh, it's the bundle because you gotta get you know NBA and the controller and call and blah blah blah. And I was like, no, nah, I can't I can't spend that money. He's like. Hold on one second. Like what? Like, right, hold on. Just, just hold on. I'm like, okay, okay. He's like, right, I took everything off for you. Do you just want the console? I'm like, what? what? So like for 4.99? He's like, yeah, yeah. You want the console? So I was able to use my credit. I think I traded in a controller and another couple games too. So I had like $300 in credit. And so I was like, all right, yeah, I can't pass up an Xbox Series X for like 140 bucks. And. Uh, you know, still haven't really turned that thing on, but I got one. Um, so it was—it just seemed like the guy was like, I don't know, just had enough of working there, and was like, I, I can—I'll hook you up, bud. You know, so you know, maybe you just gotta be nicer to your GameStop people, Nick. Maybe they'll hook you up if you just kind of, you know, talk to them about transgendered people or whatever he was trying to <laughs> trying to do with you. True, true, true. I know, yeah. I know. I should be nice, and it's just you know, talking about video games with some people can be a really 
It's aggravating. I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna ask you. Do you ever like? Obviously, you and I, we know our level of video game knowledge. Therefore, we never feel awkward talking about video games. But like, do you ever get somebody who you feel like they're just trying to? speak to your interests and they're like so what games are you playing and then you don't know really know how to respond because like <laughs> well i could go deep into you know podcast style talk but i know that's just going to get you to roll your eyes over so you're like yeah i like uh, i've been playing my ps5 like do you ever get that nick like where you just you don't know the level of <laughs> engagement that you you want to take this conversation in with video yeah. games specifically okay yeah of course of right, course I yeah, that's everybody, because gamers are coming in all shapes and styles, you know, some people just play, you know, NBA 2K games, or <laughs> Call of Duty, or, you know, the, or, or Skate, you know, it's like, the, you know, some people uh -huh. just find those games that they, and then their console itself just comes uh, just the, the Call of Duty machine, you know, it's like, yeah. but, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's like uh, you, you kind of always pull it back, and then, you know, if they say, like, oh, I listened to the Bombcast, and you're like, oh, okay, well, now we can really get into games because then exactly. you, your video game knowledge is, you know, you're, you're into video games enough to seek out podcasts. Like, then you're, then we can, we can go places with this, you know. Right, right. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's always interesting. But I did want to follow up your, your, your PlayStation story because that also got me to sell my PlayStation 4 Pro. Which mm -hmm. GameStop was offering three hundred dollars for at the time. Yeah, like what? <laughs> so a console that I had for you know five years cost me four hundred dollars. In the end, it only cost me a hundred dollars. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we both got I don't know a couple thousand hours worth of entertainment for the price of a hundred bucks. Like yeah, 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 that's a good, that's a good deal. <laughs> so, so I know like you know people don't like GameStop because you know they're always pushing pre-orders and all that, but. You know, you can you can really if you really take advantage of them, it makes this hobby of ours very cheap. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't have any other stories. I I've done midnight launches. Those are those are always interesting. Yeah. The people that you meet that want to do a midnight launch, but I haven't done those in a long time. But uh, it used to be a huge thing. You know, especially before yeah, the push of digital, like those modern warfare launches were just insane you know like 100 people outside of gamestop you know or yeah. grand theft auto 5 you know or halo was, yep yeah it was it was something else it was a it was a it was a weird period of time in video games was the midnight a launch simpler time <laughs> a simpler time <laughs> yeah and then you would get home play the game for a few hours and be just exhausted because it's like 3 a.m <laughs> i regret this and then do it again in two months yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the final topic. Nice. All right. I feel like we need some theme music for this at, at this point, but we're going back, folks. Going back to the PlayStation Pals franchise madness. Last week, we were able to move on a couple games. We, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go over that real quick. But yeah, I just want to go over the next uh, four matchups here, Nick. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But just to just to remind everybody, the the team moving on to the Sweet 16, we got number one seed God of War will be taking on number four seed Spyro the Dragon. That will be for a future episode. And then we have uh, we have Infamous moving on and facing Ratchet and Clank. So that might be a little bit more of a bloodbath. You know, we'll get a little bit more uh, I think conversation going with those ones. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are you ready for round two, Nick? Yeah, let's go. All right. So again, you know, I know I, I tried my best to make these like PlayStation-owned franchises. Not all of them are, but I think I got. I think they're at least all first or second party. So, uh, this show. Nope, this game. <laughs> <laughs> 
this game has a show coming out here very, very, very soon. I think we're both very, very excited for it. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. is none other than The Last of Us, number one seed, Last of Us. All right, and then let's see if we can get the upset of the tournament. I don't know if you've ever played these, Nick. I have never played these. I own the second one, uh, but from Level 5 Studios, <laughs> Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud. <laughs> no, I've never, right. never played Dark Cloud, uh, so this is not even going to be a, a competition. Yeah. I know, I know, but you know. Yep. Yep. Nobody's taking down is. Joel and Ellie. Last yep. of Us, moving on. All right. We got a four versus five matchup. One of the most iconic video game characters of all time, I would say. Maybe in maybe the most iconic female lead. Got Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. five, facing off against another very strong protagonist-led series, Devil May Cry. Oh, we got number no. four. Number four, <laughs> Devil May Cry versus number five, Tomb Raider. And remember, Nick, remember, this is the PlayStation Pals franchise madness, right? So you go with what you feel. Don't think that, oh, this one's more popular. So I just, just want, you know, I just want to lay the groundwork here. This this is going to be very interesting because uh, how, how do you feel about the Devil May Cry franchise? Uh, I'm pretty pretty high on it. I I loved 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 one in three back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and I thought four was okay, and I thought five was very good. But it didn't feel I didn't have the same feelings towards it like I did the early ones. But I think it's a very strong franchise with a very strong identity, uh, a cool lead character, and you know uh, cool combat. So I'm pretty I like them. Did you play the Ninja Theory one? DMC I did. Yeah I did. I um. I never understood why people hated that one so much. Yeah, um, me neither. Because it, it's kind of like the you know when they made Arkham Origins, it's like once everyone knows that it's not the the same team, you know, people get all weird about it, and you know, yeah, I don't know. I remember I remember being turned off by it initially because like I had you know I I like Dante a lot. I think he's a great character, and so when they showed him new Dante. Is he? <laughs> I, li- I like him. I mean, yeah, he's campy as shit. He's like the campiest <laughs> fucking guy you've ever seen. But, like, dude, he, he uses motorcycles as a weapon. He rips the motorcycle. Yeah, and I he, know. Like, he's, just, he's, just a, he's just an absurd character. Um, so I was a little bummed to, you know, see, you know, fuckboy Dante or whatever that, you know, that was for the new one. But I thought it played great, and I thought it was fun. So, yeah. Yeah. It's always been a great playing series, that's for sure. I just, I've never agreed with the, with the where it's gone after three, like introducing yeah. Nero and and yeah. and four, and then I, I'd even play five. Like it just. Oh, you should you should play five. I mean, at least try it out. Yeah, I did get a PS Five update. Yeah. That man, that would be a good PlayStation Plus extra game. I would, I'd mm. probably actually play it if it, it did that. I'm gonna keep that uh, on my radar. I would, I would, I would pop bet you that that will be on extra in the next year. <laughs> yeah, when uh, PlayStation buys all the Devil May Cry franchises for PlayStation <laughs> Plus Extra, we get all the games. Right. right. <laughs> yep. Uh, ben, where do you sit on Tomb Raider? I am a little less warm on Tomb Raider. I, uh, I, I think the old games, you know, they were important, but. There's no fucking chance I'm going back and playing those now. They, they feel like ass. And with the reboot, I think they're good, but they were always just uncharted light to me. Um, yeah, so, that's for sure. You know, I, you know, I just would... I, I, I played the first one, beat the first one, 
for some reason fell off of Rise and never even checked out Shadow. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, a little less high on those, but I, I still respect the hell out of Laura Croft, you know, as a iconic character. Yeah, I really like that first game in the reboot, but they never got her to, like, what she was like in the first game. You know, the dual pistols and yeah. the, some of the more supernatural elements that I liked. Uh, you know, like a T-Rex. You never had to fight a T-Rex, you know? Right. Like, what's, what the hell's that? Um, <laughs> and then Crystal Dynamics automatically make your, make your game better. <laughs> and then Crystal Dynamics, who did the reboot, didn't even work on the final game, and that was the weakest one by far. You know, yeah. Crystal Dynamics had to go make the Avengers game. Yay! Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is this is tough, but I think I think it goes to Devil May Cry. It's 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 probably the better playing franchise, and it's the more unique franchise, as you mentioned, is Tomb Raider. Which inspired probably Uncharted, but has never, yeah. never been as good as Uncharted's been. So, well, I would I would agree with that pick. I think that that's the right choice. But yeah, one quick note: uh, IGN actually has Rise of the Tomb Raider as the 62nd best game of all time. That's a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's good, right, but so, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next week, Devil May Cry versus The Last of Us. All right. <laughs> so for our number three matchup versus our number six matchup, we have a. Very, very storied series within the PlayStation ecosystem. Uh, in fact, they had a game on launch day for PlayStation 1. That is Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. Twisted Metal, our number, th- number three series. Taking on another pretty storied franchise in, uh, in PlayStation's history, but uh, not really anymore. In Killzone. Killzone number six. <laughs> so we got Killzone from Guerrilla Games versus Twisted Metal from I Don't Know Games, because I honestly don't know. Uh, we both, talk- but, but both series haven't been, you know, haven't been around for a while now, so. It's from David Jaffe. I, I, I don't know the studio name sure. either. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Who would go on to make God of War. Um, uh, I, it's definitely not Killzone, I'll tell you that much. That, that series <laughs> sucks. <laughs> like, no All offense. Right. Like, I know it was like Sony trying to compete with Halo, and I, I paid full price and bought Killzone 2. Uh, but that and and it was oh, a launch game for like, and it, yeah, exactly. And that game's not good. And I know they it was a launch game for PlayStation Four. Um, yeah, I bought that, that fran- one. That franchise and it's just ne- again, it's just never it's never had a really good identity. In fact, I think the best one is the like isometric strategy game that's on like I think it was PSP. <laughs> that's yeah, the best version it, of Killzone. I think people really, really like the Vita one, too. So for whatever reason, Killzone seems to be strong on handhelds. Mm-hmm. I think Killzone Mercenary, I think it was, is what it was. But I would, I would agree with you. I played, I played uh, only one I've ever played was the one on PS4, which was, what's the name of that one? Shadow uh, something. Yeah, Shadow Fall, probably. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember playing it for like two or three hours. And keep in mind, this was like a launch game. Like I was chomping at the bit to play my PS4, man. Like I, that's what right. I wanted to do. And like I think I played two or three hours. Like this is just generic and boring. <laughs> and I'm... okay, and we're back again. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> don't talk badly of Killzone either. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast doesn't like that. <laughs> All right. We're at the finish line. <laughs> but okay. on, the, on the other hand, Twisted Metal is 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 a is a, is a great franchise. I, I really wish it could find its footing in the modern era because I think a class-based car uh, 
uh, battle royale game this is like the right time to hit you know but mm-hmm. uh but yeah that franchise is is, is great it's full of character and, and the show's coming so we're probably getting a game i just remembered that yeah. Getting, yeah. <laughs> of all his properties, we're getting a Twisted Metal show. So That's, what, that's got uh, Anthony Mackie, right? And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's supposed to be like a comedy or something. I, it'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> so when you think of Twisted Metal, what's the first game that your brain goes to? Like, what was the one for you? Oh, it was Twisted Metal 2. Yep, same. same. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, Twisted Metal. Moving on. All right, and then lastly, final, uh, final duo matchup of this round. We have perhaps the king of the mascots that Sony's ever had, um, having a bit of a revitalization recently. Can you guess who that is, Nick? Mascot of Sony's. I know. I don't know. No longer owned by Sony, though. In a weird twist. Mm-hmm. 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 No. I don't no. know. Crash. Crash Bandicoot. Oh. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yes. He's yeah, going to so be at the think, Game Awards, apparently, uh, yeah, this year. Can't wait. <laughs> but I, but I, I, think, I think we owe it to Crash to give him a, at least a two spot. I think he is part of the reason that PlayStation became such a strong brand to begin with. You know, having three games on that first platform was, was huge, and they're all great. So I think we got to definitely respect uh, the Bandicoot. Uh, and he's taking on a game. Uh, I've never played these, uh, but I know that they're wildly popular, uh, and that's the SingStar franchise. I was really stretching, all right? <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. That is a Sony franchise. In fact, uh, Greg Miller of Kind of Funny, uh, my favorite video of his is about SingStar. Like what? Like yeah. Greg Miller is a great you know video game personality, great Sony guy. He is he's done a lot of great content, um, but the one that made me fall in love with him was the SingStar one. Uh, I'll have to find it and show you, John. But uh, is is that the same? Is that the one where he's singing with Colin Moriarty? Like they're they're doing it together in the office. No, it was a video about like a SingStar had a competition where they would go to a bunch of malls and have like you know and crown the SingStar champion. And Greg Miller loves SingStar, and in the video they joke like they crown the best SingStar champion. And of course he does the spit water take like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he goes and he challenges the winner of this whole competition to SingStar. Anyways. And he beats her, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely want to watch that now because yeah, Greg is Greg can be a bit much, but he is very good in those situations for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Uh, All right. Um, so SingStar it is. All right, SingStar. Moving on. <laughs> and I don't have much history with Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I tried a Crash a Crack in Time or what was the what's the game that just it was just on the extra tier uh, or the essential tier. Uh, Crash 4. Was yeah. The <laughs> yeah, it's Crash 4. I forget what the subplot is. Uh, uh, it's about time. It's about time. And, uh, you know, I, that game was very hard, and it wasn't my thing, so I kind of bounced off it really quick. But Crash Bandicoot was also in Uncharted 4, so Crash Bandicoot it is. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. All right. So that that uh, we have our first eight of the Sweet 16. We got Last of Us moving on, Devil May Cry moving on, Twisted Metal moving on, and Crash Bandicoot moving on. So... You know, we're starting to see, uh, you know, the the list get fleshed out a bit. I would be lying if I said I didn't expect these exact eight people to win. Or, but I think I think once we get through this first round, right, where you have juggernauts like Last of Us 
taking on Dark Cloud that we're going to get a little more interesting and, and maybe mm. our personal taste might bleed into it a little bit more. But uh, sure. yeah, there we go, man. No, oh, it's working out. We're learning a lot about our gaming taste here for sure. with every with every game. So, all right, we did it again. Six things. There we go. <laughs> Don't sound too excited. And, and as with last week, we'll apologize for the audio issues again. I don't know what's going on now, but uh, I don't know. I think we're I think we're getting too powerful, and people are trying to sabotage us. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. Maybe it's that kind of funny in Greg Miller. Even I, even though I just praised him, he's he's right. coming after us. He's like, these guys are gonna steal clicks and listens from us. So we gotta yeah. do whatever it takes. So, all right. Well, damn. Well, what song are we gonna leave them on? Today, John. Uh, we are going to listen to um, a song from maybe my. I don't know if I would go anymore and say this is my favorite game of all time, but it's probably still my most important game of all time. Every time I hear music from this, every time I see stills from this, I get I get the feels, and that's Final Fantasy X. The song is "Someday the Dream Will End" by Nobuo Uematsu, legendary uh, composer of the Final Fantasy series. Mm, good, good choice. Good choice. Thank you. And uh, I have Final Fantasy on the brain because we didn't get to talk about it, but there was a, another Final Fantasy 16 okay. trailer, and that is dope. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Uh, yeah. But if that was on the PlayStation blog, you can find it. That game is is looking great. Yeah. Um, summer 2023. Um, and then for next week, I will finally play a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, I think that's the only game I'm going to have on my plate for a bit here. Uh, what about you, John? Now that you've got that platinum and cuphead, you're, there's another open spot in your calendar. <laughs> well, I definitely want to get disco done. I haven't. I I platinumed cuphead on Sunday, and I haven't put a minute worth of disco in since then because Uh-oh. I've just had family things and you know actual life responsibilities. So I uh, I really want to get that done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think I might be further than I thought I was from the end. But we'll see. And um, I, I, you know, I want to get The Last of Us Part One done uh, as well before God of War. See if I can get that that platinum joint over there because, um, you know, gotta gotta do that again. No, you don't have to get the platinum. Just play the game. Mm, I can't do that. Mm. Okay. I'm a I'm a cuphead I'm a cuphead platinum owner now, Nick. I have responsibilities. <laughs> I have expectations, and I cannot let my fans down. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> fine. I, I wanted to at least hold this one platinum over you, but I guess that won't be for long. You don't get to hold shit over me, man, until you get 13 <laughs> more platinums, all right? Until you have more than I do. I got Cuphead, all right? I also have My Name is Mayo, but I have Cuphead, so... Yeah, yeah, you, you're fine now. You, you, you're you a real gamer again. I... All right. <laughs> all right, well, we thank you for listening. You know, enjoy whatever you're doing while you're listening. Hopefully something fun. Not yard work. Uh, it's going to be yard work. At least if you're in the Midwest region, it's going to be beautiful this weekend. So probably chores. Ugh. Listen to us while you do chores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fine, fine. But uh, hopefully we make them less uh, troublesome and boring for you. So, all right. We will be back next week with six more things. Bye, guys. Take it easy.